PDPW On Demand. Here's Bill Baker. Welcome to the PDPW Podcast, where this week it's all about feedback and why it's important to provide the best feedback possible to those around us. We turn to our feedback expert, Michael Hoffman, who's president of Igniting Performance, and he shares that one of the strongest skill sets that a person of influence can have is effective feedback. So my wife and I spent the weekend flitting back and forth between friends, and that's a fun word, flitting. It was, that's what it felt like. It was a weekend where we probably must have gone to at least at least six different homes. Some of them were our kids. Some of them were family that we uh, have sort of grown up here with in Texas. Some were from church. But for some reason, we found ourselves sort of uh, hopping to different homes all weekend, starting Friday night and a couple on Saturday and a couple on Sunday. We ended up having Sunday night with some folks. And it was really interesting because we were talking about it on the car drive home Sunday night about the different people that we've surrounded ourselves with and the different homes. And that's, it was, it was fun discussion. You know, some of the homes that we went to were so fun. Oh my gosh, did we have a blast? I don't think I've laughed as hard. Uh, some of the, some of the homes that we went to were loud, a lot louder than others, which I like. I come from a family of nine and we are loud, uh, so loud that some people can't take it. <laughs> Which answers a lot of questions, doesn't it? Some of the houses that we were at were were very competitive. We played games and you, you saw a different aspect of people, you know, that you normally just don't see until you throw in a little competition and boy, do they mutate. Some, some of them were very palpable when it came to love. You could feel it. It was tangible how much they liked each other, how much they laughed with each other. How, you could tell they forgave fast which was interesting. And there was a there was an aspect that my wife and I were talking about as we were trying to get our hands around these different experiences that in some homes there was a really strong observation of I am for you. And even from somebody visiting there was an obviousness to watching each other work with their families whether it was their spouse or their siblings or their parents or, their, or you know, to their children. But there was a, a sense of I am for you. There, there were some homes that had the opposite. You know, the, there, there was one, one home, and I, I shall not name names, but there was one home where it was the home that had the furniture with the plastic covering on it. You know what I'm talking about? Not that if you've got plastic covering on your furniture that it's a bad thing, but it, there was an attitude about it that came with it. There was a, a no touching. There was a... You know, you could make mistakes here versus a home where you could never make a mistake. Doesn't mean that things aren't going to go wrong, but you knew if they did, it would be an I am for you failing forward type of home. I, I hope that makes sense. But my gosh, was it palpable. And one of the discussions my wife and I were having were how fun uh, we have been blessed, how, how fun we feel to have so many different types of people and groups that we work with that we that we feel we belong to but but it really started to get me thinking about you guys <laughs> because you know there are there are teams that you belong to that are strong oh my gosh you love loud 
you you are loud. Uh, the fun is palpable. The the com- competition is high. Maybe it you know there's a sense of laughter or forgiving fast or or failing forward type of mentality. Some of you belong to teams that you know we're not that close, but we get a lot done. Some of you come from teams that it's there's a lot of baggage. You know, but but there's a common thread that runs through all those experiences, and that is, where does that culture of each of those houses slash teams come from? And it was our observation that their homes slash their teams were a reflection of the leadership of those groups. You know, it really was a reflection of the parents, a reflection of the people that were in charge of the home or the ones that had the most influence, you could tell, that really had their imprint on this is how we do it. And that's kind of what I want to talk about today. Strong families, strong teams, you know, how let's keep this conversation going of what we do on purpose to create strong families, strong teams. You know, that that whole concept of The leadership has a big influence, I think is pretty important. And I want to really sort of ignite and equip those that are listening to me that, that are people of influence. And you know who you are. You don't necessarily have to be the top dog, but... If you, if you know that when you walk into a room that the lights change because you're there, then you're aware of it. Most of us don't know that, you know, sometimes it's brighter when people come into the room. Sometimes it's brighter when people leave. <laughs> that might be you. I'm just saying. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sometimes people walk into a room and I might not be in charge of everything, but I sure do have influence. I think what we're going to talk about today is for you too. Influence and how it creates and impacts creating a culture of what we want on our farms and in our teams and in our, you know, the people that we work with every day and even our families as opposed to a victim of that. And so I want to go to the, to the aspect and spend some time in the aspect of what can we do on purpose as people of influence to really create those cultures as opposed to be a victim of those cultures. And I know over the past podcast, we've been talking about just different aspects of it. In this aspect, I want to talk about feedback. I want to talk about what comes out of our mouth to really have influence. And I know at the gathering that we had at the manager's conference, the business conference, in Wisconsin at the Dells, uh, we really got into this. And so this is going to be a deep dive into the skill sets of giving feedback and how we communicate what we see to have influence, whether it's in a conversation to move things forward or whether it's to create strong, capable people that are confident and competent at what they do uh, or whether it's creating a team that I want to have in working with you every single day. We're not the victims of our teams. We create our teams. And I think feedback is one of the strongest skill sets that a person of influence can develop and use on purpose to have influence on that team. And I want to talk about it. So when it comes to the understanding of why this topic is so important, Uh, If you've heard me speak, you've heard me use this analogy before. Have you ever been driving down a street and you're going to talk to somebody that you know it's not going to be pleasant? You're you're not looking forward to it at all. What do you do in the car on the way there? 
<laughs> if you're anything like me, you go over the argument, you know, eight times, you know, 10 times. By the time you get in front of that person, you're frothy mad, you know, because mainly you've had the argument already in your head. You've thought about it from other angles. That's a very natural thing to do, by the way. That's a very self-defense mechanism uh, that we do as humans to, to sort of prepare for a fight or flight situation. It's your, it's your psyche getting you ready for that. But the challenge is, is whose side of the story do we have? Well, ours, of course, because we have our experiences, our point of view, our, our, what we would, what we, how we would handle that. But whose side of that argument that we're preparing in the car don't we have? And the answer is theirs. But our brain is still filling in the nooks and crannies of that argument. And the reason why that's important is because I really want you to understand that little dynamic of us as humans. Because as us as humans and all the things that we talk about in these podcasts, it really comes down to that little concept. And that is my brain is trying to make sense of my world. And in order to help me do that, I subconsciously fill in the nooks and crannies of information I don't have, like that argument I have in my head. It's preparing me for a confrontation that I may feel like I'm having because of my angst or my anxiety of going to, going to approach and have this conversation. But the challenge is, is my brain is filling it in with things that are made up. <laughs> They're not necessarily real. It's either not positive or it's not accurate. At the very minimum, it's not accurate. That's a really important concept to really understand is that the people that you work with and that we influence every day live behind their eyeballs and they don't get feedback about themselves very rarely. And that's, that's including you. Rarely do we get to see video of how we do what we do. Most of how we're doing is given to us by reports. Do we hit numbers? Are we, are we accomplishing what we set out to do? It's all external data of how we perceive ourselves and all the extra stuff about how I see me is filled in with my brain. And it's either not positive or not accurate. What I mean by that is, is it, it's rare for people to walk around going, I, I am amazing. I really am. And, and, and I know you know it because I know it and I want everybody else to know it. <laughs> Rarely do we walk around that strong uh, of an attitude about ourselves, mainly because our society won't allow it. We have a tendency to knock those people in the knees and not let them live very long. <laughs> we, we love to build heroes and crush heroes. Well, our psyches do that to ourselves enough, you know, and, and you know what I'm talking about. If you've ever listened to that little voice that sits on your shoulder and says, you know, one day they'll find out you don't really know what you're doing. Uh, one day I'll get it right. But for right now, I don't know. It's that voice that is constantly giving us that self-doubt. And we all have it. We all have it. So with that little concept in mind, this gift of feedback is tremendously important. It's important to really understand that if I want to create a team that is strong in their confidence of what they do, strong in the confidence of who they are in the team, strong in the confidence of who we are to each other in our relationships, that is created. And it's created by little tiny, actually not even little tiny, sometimes very on purpose attempts to let you know where I stand because I know your brain is filling it in. And the more I can give you real data, the more I build a foundation of what's true. 
So I, if I want to build a confidence in our relationship, then you have to know and start to trust in the confidence of where we're at because I have reinforced it with what I have said. I have given you truth. It's not from what you observe because I, I see it all the time. I see it myself. I have a roommate that lives with us. He's a housemate that lives here at the house. And uh, in our coaching with him, one of the things that he works with on a continuous basis is this constant way of seeing his observations of his workmates taken very personally. So he may have somebody respond to him in a curt way and he takes it personally. I did something to create this curtness. I get short answers for them. They must be mad at me. I know we all do that, but that's an example of taking input from the outside and interpreting what it means. It's either not positive or it's not accurate. And I know that as a person of influence, I can create more confidence in how you see our relationship by giving you true understanding of where I stand with you. So that's why in lots of these podcasts, you'll hear me recommend, and I'll say it as much as I possibly can to reinforce, I want the words thank you and appreciate more. Because it starts to give you truth of how I feel about your work, how I feel about you personally, how I feel about our relationship. When I say thank you for this, it reinforces. When I say I appreciate this, it lifts the fog of how I see you. And so that starts to build confidence on so many things. But there's also the competence aspect of it. And if I want to build strong teams and strong families, then I have to know that it's got to be more than just an attaboy. Hey, I loved this. I, it has to be more feedback driven information I can use to build competence in my behavior. And if I'm going to up my game, I want to get good at this. Let me give you an example. The difference between confidence and competence. If I was to give you a piece of feedback or if I was to give you a response, if I were to pull you aside and say, hey, listen, um, Tom, I just want you to know you did an excellent job at the meeting uh, this morning. You really did. I, I so appreciate you stepping up. You just did a great job. Just keep doing that magic that you do, buddy. You're doing a great job. Now, that's a nice thank you. That's a nice, I appreciate. But let me ask you this. What is Tom going to do next? What's he going to do at the next meeting? Tom may walk away feeling really good. Like, oh man, that was great. I, I needed that. That was an attaboy. And we need to do those a lot. But what is Tom going to do next? Because all he has to work with is that magic that you do. <laughs> what? I don't understand. What is that? That magic that you do. And, and that's the point. It's left to interpretation. But if I were to say, Tom, Tom. I have to tell you, I really appreciate you stepping up and running the meeting like you did this morning. You did a great job, brother. You really, really did. I love the fact that you didn't let an item go when we were brainstorming where you didn't go around the room and you didn't let anybody be quiet for too long. You didn't make people talk, but just by you inviting them in and saying, hey, you know, when you, when you reached out to Phyllis and asked her for her opinion, you came back to her when she didn't have one right away. Because it, it seems to me like Phyllis is a processor, but the fact that you came back to her, you ensured that everybody gave input. And I have to tell you, I think it's the best brainstorming we've ever done. You really did a good job of, of getting us all to cooperate and, and to contribute. So I really appreciate your skill set in that area. Completely different, don't you think? Yeah, it's a little bit more moochy, but it's, it's meatier. But, and moochy is a real word, by the way. 
But that's the point. And so I want to, I want to give you a few tips in the difference between saying thank you and appreciate what you've already covered. And, and I want to, I want to, I want to help you become great feedback givers. Because if I were to ask Tom, if I was to give him that piece of feedback, what would he do again at the next meeting? Well, he would definitely ensure that he makes that he goes around the room to get everybody's input uh, appropriately and to build great consensus along the way. He has things to work with. It's not just do that magic that you do. So feedback is not just my ability to give you my love and to show you my love for what you do. It's my focused effort in helping you understand what you did and adding weight to my observation so that you can use it and it sticks more. I want it to be sticky. And I have a little template for you. Woo-hoo! So here's the good news for hanging out for the last 15 minutes. I got a template that really works. As a matter of fact, as a professional coach, because that's what people do, they, they hire me to come in and work with their teams and to help ignite and equip their leaders and their frontline workers and their upper management on, on their roles of creating strong families and strong teams and providing that positively outrageous service on purpose that gives them that differentiation. And so really what they pay me for is my opinion. And, and they have to be able to use it and it's got to have value. So this little template that I'm sharing you, I've used for 25 years to make a living. So it's, it's, it's not little, but I, I'll give you a couple of tips. Number one, it's very on purpose. And number two, you have to get the system down and don't skip anything. So I really want you to pay attention to this simple little method to be more effective in creating competence in your people. So there are two types of feedback. The first type of feedback is feedback for reinforcement. And that's the type of feedback that you just heard as an example. It's something that you're doing well that I want to bring light to. And I want you to know that you're doing it well and that you should continue to do it. My son, Joseph, is the fourth out of four kids. And he, like all of his siblings, their first chore was to take out the garbage. And the very first time my wife used these skill sets on Joseph, and by the way, she's a, an expert at giving feedback, especially for her kids. She, she says, Joseph, and she grabs his attention. She says, let me tell you something. I am so proud of you. Oh my gosh. Do you know I asked you one time to take out the garbage? As soon as I asked you, you stopped what you were doing and you went over to the garbage to take it out. I am so grateful for that. You are really growing up. And you could just see his little chest just puff up. And he's like, well, thank you. I'm, I am all that in a bag of chips. And he was. Um, now, getting him to take the garbage out, you know, to the garbage can is a little bit more training. But <laughs> at least the next time she said, Joseph, I need you to take out the garbage. He ran right to the garbage can. And the, the point is, is that when you have somebody understand what's liked, when it's clear as to what the expectations are, when there's a reinforcement for behavior, we have a tendency to know what to do. And it brings great competence and confidence in doing that again. You lift the fog of what's work for the people that I work with. And I know that reinforcement sometimes turns into attaboys, but there's a big difference between saying thank you, do that magic that you do, and this is what you did again. So the template for reinforcement is a method I call the what-why method. And there's two pieces. What you said or did that I want to bring observation to. What you said or did that I want you to do again. And here's a tip. Call it Mike's tip. I want you to be as specific as you possibly can. The more you can take away the fog of what you mean, the more or the less I have to interpret what you mean, the better. So instead of saying that magic that you do, 
I'm going to tell you specifically the behaviors that you did that I really liked. And I'll try to use an example if I can, because I don't want any fog. So I I would tell Tom in this case, I appreciate his gathering input from everybody. I appreciated him coming back to that one person who he, he asked their opinion. She wasn't ready. So he came back to it. And I love the consensus that he built in the brainstorming. I gave him several examples of what I meant and for what for him to do again. And I try to be as clear as I possibly can. Makes sense, right? So what they said or did as specific as I possibly can. But if I just left it at that, it might not be understood. So for instance, if I, here's another example. If I were to say, Tom, at that last meeting, you, my friend, were a chatty patty. Holy cow, you had something to give on every topic. I have never heard you talk as much as you did in that last meeting. Okay, so that was an observation. It was very specific. I brought up the idea that he was a chatty patty. I've never heard him talk so much before, but was it good or bad? And if you think about it, if you you test yourself... Nine times out of the 10 of the people listening to this podcast are going to say the first thing they thought of is it was negative. You might not have think of it as bad, but usually is it, you know, our, our first reaction is awesome. I nailed it. Usually the first reaction is, is that good? <laughs> and that's my point. Most of us are filling in the nooks and crannies and it's either not positive or not accurate. So if I just left it with the observation, I'm leaving it to chance as to how they feel about it. That's why feedback has two pieces. And I really want to emphasize this because most of us are good in our observations. We see what our people are doing well, and we're we're even able to hold it up and say, this is what I saw. But one of the biggest pieces that we leave off is that next little piece. And that is the piece that's the gold. Because this little piece of, we'll call the why, why I brought it up, why I'm saying it, why I think you need to pay attention to what I just said is because I'm adding hooks to the data. Because I know that as a recipient, you're going to take this probably in a negative way. So I'm going to go out of my way to say, this is why I'm bringing it up. And I'm going to be as specific as possible. So as an example, if I were to say, Tom, I got to tell you, in that last meeting, you, my friend, were a chatty patty. I have never heard you speak so much in a meeting. You had something to say on every particular point. And I have to tell you, I thought that was just brilliant because we have never heard from your team. We have never had that type of input from your team. I mean, what you said was really a value and really got us thinking. And I thought it was the best brainstorming that we've really ever done. And I I appreciate you representing your team like that. Well, what's he going to do? Next time, I'm not going to get him to shut up, (laughs) which is more training and that's podcasts to come. But the fact is that I hold up an example. This is what you said. Be as specific as possible. Here's what you said. Here's what you did to keep going. And this is the impact that it had. And I'll give you a tip. Sometimes if you can't, if you don't know what to say to add the impact, just say, this is why I'm bringing it up or use the word impact. You know, the impact of that was, and that will help you get it out. But with both pieces specific observations and the impact that it had. The, the recipient not only knows exactly what you're talking about, they're going through this Rolodex in your head so that you bring up a specific example and the more specific helps me go, yes, I remember what you said, but you add the weight 
to that observation by saying, this is why it's important. And psychologically, I hang on to that. Subconsciously, I, I hang on to that in my memory banks because it, it says, it, it clicks off a little thing in my brain that says, this is good. So get into the habit of, you know, it's not just an attaboy, which by the way, don't ever stop. We need the attaboys. Thank you for this. I appreciate that. But if you really want to influence somebody's behavior, bring up your observations. I like this and this is why. And you'll find that they're doing it more. You know, I, I think that when we go back to the beginning, we talk about the different houses, a house that is loud, a house that is fun, a house that is, you know, that, that, that forgives fast, that, that, that atmosphere of I am for you, that is created and, it, and it's created on a foundation of trust. I know you have my back and that my friends is created. We're not the victims of that. We create that. And the more you can get into the habit of holding up observations, even if it's a drive-by, you're going to find that people have a lot more trust in what you have to say because you don't just say, I like it when you're trying to get something from me. You're actually trying to influence my behavior and show me what I do well. And that is a gift because we work behind our eyeballs. So by you holding up the mirror for me, I get to see me in a way that I rarely get to see me. And I see that as a gift, even if I never verbalize it. I am for you is created with people who know how to give strong, positive, reinforcing feedback on a regular basis. I have four very, very confident children. And, they, and one of the things they're confident in is they know that their parents are, don't just love them, but they will have their back. Case in point, look at the video that went you know, viral. We've got like three viral videos now, my daughter and I. And that, 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 what that screams is that video that says, hey, I'm going to go do something stupid. Come do this with me. <laughs> She's a, she's a, she's a, she's confident enough that her know that, that know that her parents wouldn't shoot down, you know, something that might be crazy. And by the way, I've said no to a lot of things to her, but at least she knows that she can bring them to me. That is created. Okay. So we create positive reinforcing feedback. Well, there's another type of feedback that's also tremendously important and that's feedback for reinforcement. And sometimes this is really difficult for most of us. So we don't give it which is a real shame because built upon everything that we've talked about so far is the concept that I work behind my eyeballs. So when I, I sometimes I don't know I'm doing something that's off kilter and it's not that I'm doing, I'm trying to be evil. Sometimes I just don't see it because I hear things differently in my head. My attitude colors the the behavior that I'm d delivering sometimes because I can totally justify biting somebody's head off even though a person on the outside sees no justification in that. I, in other words, I live behind my eyeballs. And so everything about me is filtered through things that I don't see from the outside. And so your ability to hold up that mirror is tremendously important when it comes to feedback for improvement. The good news is, is that the model for feedback for improvement is the exact same model that feedback for reinforcement is. And that, and that is, you do the same thing. When I'm bringing something that needs to be addressed, I'm going to be as specific as I possibly can. And so I'm going to tell you, this is where I saw that wear off. 
I'm going to try to tell you the setup. I'm trying to, I'm going to be as specific as possible in what you said or did that missed the mark and the why behind it. So it's that what, why method. Here's what you said or did that was off. And this is why I'm bringing it up. And I really find it very valuable to use the word impact in feedback for reinforcement. So this is what you said or did that was off the mark. And the impact of that was, this is why I'm bringing it up. Sometimes that's very difficult for us to do because, you know, it's like, well, I know we're going to get some backlash from it. So those are the tips. Be as specific as you possibly can. I'm going to get less fight from somebody if I were to say, for the last three meetings, we've been late by 15 minutes because you haven't been there. And I mean, I can see the effort that you're giving, but we've had to start late for the last three meetings. And I want to talk about that. And it's very important that we do, because if you are not there, then uh, we can't get started because I don't want you to miss something that's been set up. And I know that you have great things to share. And so I really want to talk about the timing thing. Do you see the, see the impact of that? If I were to say you were late for three meetings, as opposed to, you know, you're always late and it's causing us a, a real problem. If I were to say something general like that, as the recipient of that observation, I can think of four times when I wasn't late and all of a sudden subconsciously you've got a fight on your hands because if you're not going to be for me, I have to be for me. And all of a sudden I've got this internal argument happening because you're unclear as to what you want to say. So feedback for improvement is tremendously important to be as specific as you possibly can and connected to the impact. But if we just left it at that, what does it sound like? If I were to say, here's where you're off and this is why it's important, it may come across as criticism. And so let me just give you a little philosophy. Feedback for improvement is always about hope. Feedback for improvement, like coaching, is always about improving and so if I just left it at that, um, you might not understand why I'm bringing it up as opposed to a here's an alternative or maybe it's reinstating the standard. Like the example I just gave you, it's very important for me to get it on the table because we can't start the meeting without you. And I gave several examples as to why that is. So feedback for improvement model is very similar to reinforcement. It's just add another piece. Here's what you said or did that was off the mark and why I'm bringing it up. And here's what the standard or an alternative is and why we need to shoot for that. Now, that piece is not the conversation. Feedback is not a coaching conversation. Feedback is a piece of the larger dialogue. But what it does is it gives me specific examples to drive home and to reinforce the discussion. Feedback is tremendously important, especially in, in improvement discussions, because the more specific examples, the more feedback specific examples I can bring up, the more it justifies why we're talking so I, I avoid things like saying you're always late. Um, your personality is like nails on a chalkboard. Um, you know, uh, you, you're always argumentative. Those types of things are so broad brush, it creates arguments. But if I can give as specific as an example as possible, I have less of a fight on my hands because uh, we have something to, to talk about uh, and address. So my internally, what my goal is in all, in all co coaching conversations, but especially for feedback for improvement, is you and I 
versus that. And it's the that that becomes clear when it's specific and it's connected to impact. So instead of coming across as a personal attack, I'm bringing up specific examples. And here's a phrase I want you to write down. If you knew about this, I know you would want to address it. I love that phrase and I use that phrase a lot in my coaching and I connect it with feedback, especially feedback for improvement. So I may end my feedback with that. I'll give them a piece of feedback for improvement and then I'll say, the reason why I'm bringing that up is because I know that you would want to know. And so I, I want to talk about what we can do. Tell me what's going on. And so that, that piece of feedback sets up a conversation. I can use pieces of specific examples to bring up uh, particular things I want to address. I can use them to support our discussion. But what it does is, is it says you and I versus that as much as I possibly can. Feedback for improvement examples is so important because of that. So use the what, why method. What was said or done that was on and why you want to keep doing that. Or what was said or done that was off track and, and why I'm bringing it up. And this is the alternative or standard and why that's important. So let me give you a couple extra tips just to make this podcast even longer. Uh, about how to give or just some extra tips in giving feedback. Number one is I want to go back over what I just said. And that is, I love the phrase. The reason why I'm bringing this up is because I know you'd want to know. I love that phrase. I stole that shamelessly from one of my favorite bosses, Dennis Cherry. And I use it like a ninja only because it, what it does is it, it breaks down defenses and helps me just do that one more thing that says, you and I verse that. That's what I want to address. And I am for you. So anything you can do to set up that connection of I am for you, the better. So I like that phrase. The reason why I'm bringing this up is I know you'd want to know. Also, there's a difference between feedback for improvement when it's a production thing versus a personal thing. And I get that. I totally get that. It's one of the reasons why we don't give feedback for improvement very often, especially when it actually is you. <laughs> because <laughs> because we have to address it maybe it's your personality maybe it's the way you approach things maybe it's the maybe it's the way that you're coming across i'll give you a classic example I, i'm working with a client right now who deals with a particular hr issue uh, when it comes to their payroll and they deal with things like um, garnishes and the garnishes of paychecks is a very sensitive topic well they've got somebody who's working on it who is not giving any emphasis to how they're coming across. They're very curt and they're very cold. So you may look at your paycheck for this very large organization and realize that somebody in your family, maybe you're going through a divorce or something, has, or maybe you've filed for something. For whatever reason, you, you now have your paycheck that is garnished. And this is the first time you're hearing about it. And you're frantic because you don't have the money that you thought you did. So you're calling up and you're, they send you to the department and you've got somebody who doesn't have a clue as to how to smooth that over with empathy how to show that I am for you. You know, let me explain it to you. Let me work through it. Instead, they're coming across curt and coarse and uncaring, and it is causing big problems. That's a personal thing. It's a personal approach. That's very different than we've been given the charge uh, to create five widgets and we're only hitting three. Let's take a look at those two and figure out how we can get to those those two. That is a piece of feedback for improvement that is more tangible and it's, and it's more specific and easy to be specific and the impact is clear. It's not you personally. So it's easier to bring up without an emotional response, but sometimes it's you brother <laughs> and I gotta, I gotta bring it up. So the more I can give specific examples. So here's one big tip in giving feedback when it is personal. And that is 
really put an emphasis on the impact of the negative behavior. So it's not necessarily I'm coming at you, you need to stop this, but look at the impact those behavior choices are making and we need to address this because I know you would want to know. And and if not, I'm going to bring it to your attention because we can't have this continue. So again, my whole effort is about you and I against that. So the more specific the example, and, and really, if it's personal, the impact of those personal choices, and, the, and if I can give specific examples on that, the better. I know this is not easy. The last tip I want to give is this, and that is, where do we start, Mike? How, how do we start to do this? Well, I, I want you to get into the habit of giving feedback right now. Open up your eyeballs. Your people are working hard around you. Your family is is doing things on purpose every single day that create a great household, that create a strong team, that make it a pleasant job to be a part of. And so I just want you to open up your eyeballs and observe those around you. And there's a little phrase, if you see it, say it. Remember, I work behind my eyeballs. I don't see me. And rarely do we get a chance to sit down where you focus on me and give me feedback about me. So you don't have to wait for it to be formal. Get into the habit of doing feedback drive-bys. If you see something good, say it. This is what I saw and this is the reason why I'm bringing it up. If you see something that needs to be improved or, or something that needs to be addressed, don't wait. Pull somebody aside and give them an observation as to why you're bringing it up and the impact that it's having and talk about the standard or talk about what we're trying to accomplish and why that's important. And you'll find yourself having people see you as a resource. But I, I will tell you this, when you're creating those homes, that culture in your home, that culture in your team, if you see it, say it. And you'll find yourself creating those teams that are loud, that are fun, that are competitive in a good way, that loves loud, that laughs a lot, that forgives fast, that I am for you foundation and attitude because we've gone out of our way to build confidence and competence in our strong families, strong teams. See you next time. Our thanks to Michael Hoffman for today's message. You can find more information about Michael at ignitingperformance.com. And a big thank you to you for taking the time to listen and support these PDPW weekly podcasts. We hope they carry you through the week in a positive way. Until next time, have a safe week. PDPW, Dairy's professional development organization. More details at pdpw.org.